Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Bannum. Matthew Gonnering is a speaker, innovator, and the CEO of Widen a marketing technology company founded in 1948. His team solves marketing and creative problems with digital asset management software. Matthew first joined Wyden in 2000 in a sales and marketing capacity and quickly rose to become CEO by 2009. Under Matthew's leadership, Wyden has become a World Blue Freedom-centered workplace and a Madison Magazine best place to work. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more matthew gonnering welcome to the sales pro chat show thank you bill for having me okay so today we are talking about the evolution of content and its impact on the sales funnel this is a super exciting topic i'm really looking forward to this discussion firstly can can we begin by you painting a bit of a picture of what the traditional maybe pre-digital sales funnel looked like. Uh, what were some of the activities and channels involved? Uh, for example, direct mail and calls. And how were they employed by the marketing sales team? Sure, I get a chance to uh, think through this one from two different perspectives. One is being in the sales role and then also going back and managing a sales team. So uh, the traditional sales funnel or sales role was the was exactly who I was. I was a cold calling, phone book trolling rep, picking up the phone and making the dials. So you'd identify the target, you'd go through the gatekeeper, you'd try to find the buyer, you'd get, uh, I mean, you'd get kicked in the teeth all the time, but the really the resiliency would really pay off because you'd end up getting a few chats uh, and, uh, you know, make the, the, the traditional waterfall would apply. You'd, the more calls you make, the more appointments you'd get, the more uh, proposals you'd make, the more customers you'd earned. Um, so the the direct mail campaigns at the time were nice because they made it less cold. It would help, I guess, the more creativity in the campaigns themselves would would be advantageous to getting more time for conversation. But even even at that, you know, as a sales rep, my my first day was here's the phone and there's the phone book and get to work. And I ended up creating my own campaigns, my own letters and speaking engagements. And oddly enough, at that time, the the best ones ended up having people reach back to you. And this is a a B2B selling environment that I was in. People would reach back to you in in response to some of these things. And at that time, you would think, wow, this is is weird. People are calling us instead of us calling them. So that that showed a, a different way that we could we could use not not just a traditional sales role, but but marketing in its in its truest form to help drive more leads instead of instead of just continuing through these 
cold calling cycles of of just hammering the phone. Um, it, there was even a point when I managed the sales team where it was, I understood the the numbers game and was always taught the numbers game. Uh, and so I had contracted even with teleprospecting companies to make calls and set appointments for the sales team so we could spend more time face-to-face. And, and we, w- we would contract this company. They would be making 16,000 phone calls a year on our behalf and getting some appointments booked so that, that we could uh, we could we could process those leads through and try to get some more proposals and try to earn some more business. So that that was basically what that traditional sales funnel looked like. Wow. So you really lived through that. eh? Um, And it's a, it's a pretty different landscape today, I guess. Um, Maybe you can tell our our audience what the sales funnel looks like in 2017. What are some of the key channels which feed the funnel today? And how is the role of content educating and advising folk? How has that come to dominate would you also agree that today's funnel is fluid and consumers and prospects move up and down the stages and t- touch points based on channels and, and buyer readiness? Let's go from the, like the, the cold calling, phone book trolling sales rep of yesteryear into the funnel today driven by what is really a, a purely inbound technology powered advisor directed funnel. So we have really created it and there's been outstanding uh marketing effort uh on our team to to get this rolling so i i am just really blessed to be a part of it but our marketing team they have they have converted into a, a publishing house they are creating all kinds of educational content to inform the market to inform the buyers that is really how content is used content is used to educate and entertain and that's how we're that's what we're creating on the front end to to trigger people to whether enter a buying phase or to trigger them to move to the next phase of that buying cycle. But the the first step is really creating the the helpful content, not content that is that is sales ridden or laced with promotional language. It's there to help, and so the buyer's got to be able to be comfortable moving through the the process however they see fit. Uh, the high pressured sales situation doesn't work. Which is why we really we did away with all the outbound sales stuff. So we have no external, outside salespeople anymore. They're all what we call advisors internally, and they're fielding all the inbound activity, and they're coaching them through a process at that at their pace. And we're giving them the right content at the right time so that they can make the decision uh, when they're ready to make the decision. Um, and that has has proven for us to be a, a highly successful way of of earning new business and also creating a, a great reputation in our space of, of not not having a high-pressure sales situation, of being someone who's very accommodating and, and very much serving the buyer at whatever stage of the process they're at. Okay, so just for a moment, looking more specifically at Widen, tell me a bit about what digital asset management is. Yeah, we, 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 we get to say... Uh, damn a lot because digital asset management is uh, that acronym gets to be used over and over again. So we, the damn thing is a single source of truth. Uh, that's what we we use as a just a, a general definition of how we can facilitate the connection of branded content into wherever that content needs to go. The the damn system is a single source of truth for the branded stuff that allows the right people who have who need to have access to it 
to get the right content at the right time. Uh, and, and in a in a sales enablement capacity, some damn systems in, in widened world we call this templates, but some damn systems allow you to take the the content that is being managed within it, the branded content like images and videos and and logos, uh, to take that content and then to put it into a predefined template that can then be used for ads and brochures. And those predefined templates are also digital assets. It's just more of a dynamic asset that allows a sales person to create something that they need at that moment in time for the field, for uh, a buyer that they're working with. So that's, in our world, we call it templates. So some damn systems have that option as well. So I think it fits closely with trying to bring the right content into the market at the right time, uh, but consistent with the, the standards that the marketing teams have set up, the branding guidelines that have been set forth by these organizations. So uh, let's talk a bit about the metrics now, Matthew. How can marketing teams measure what's working well uh what types of content whether it's videos or written content from these new to, to use your term essential essentially they're now publishing houses um all, all these wonderful types of content and uh, how they're fitting in different areas of the sales funnel how do marketing people measure that and then how do they feed the key information to their sales teams yeah uh so determining what works and what doesn't uh you could instantly gravitate to what's got you know the views, the likes, the comments, the reactions, and if you see a simultaneous rise in meaningful conversations, then of course you would say, well, that that be content that's working. Uh, and I think those are those are important things. But looking at the bigger picture is important uh, relative to brand equity, uh, because the the bigger game is is trying to build the equity of the brand and i think it's it's logical to then say well we sh- we shouldn't produce any content that isn't helping to increase the equity of our brand but then again how do you how do you know it the 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 points of consideration here would be twofold one is then how do you, how do you measure this intangible nature of brand equity and then the other point is then how do you know if the content is is positively contributing to that and for matters of brand equity, I, I think uh, David Ocker, who is a brand guru, gives us some insight into this because he he cites basically three components of brand equity. There's awareness, there's key associations, and there's loyalty of the customer base. So if we if we sit back and we ask ourselves, um, if I increase our awareness, are we going to capture more leads? If I create more positive associations of our brand, are we going to capture more leads? If we increase the loyalty of our customer base, will we capture more leads? And if if you look at these questions and you ask them independently, the answer might be, well, maybe. But if you look at them cumulatively, as as in if we increase awareness and then we create some positive associations and and increasing loyalty at the same time, will we capture more leads or more add more in the sales funnel? And my answer to that would be, yeah, absolutely. And then to to go back and revisit, well, then how do we know if the content's contributing to that? And I think we're, this is where DAM and, and applications like templates step in because without the widespread on-demand availability of content, I don't think you can optimize awareness. I don't think marketing people can bring full awareness into their brand if they, they don't have it. So DAM helps to optimize some of those things and create a situation where the right content's available on demand. Uh, I also think that without really well-designed content, associations that are made with the brand are 
are not as positively uh, influential as they could be. So, so DAM plus templates enables the content to flow into something that does create a positive association for the brand. Um, there's consistency in how it's represented, no matter what channel it's being disseminated to. Uh, and then I think loyalty also flows from a from that consistency, from a continuous stream of content building loyalty. Because if it stops, then the, then the loyalty breaks. So it has to be consistent. It has to be continuous. It has to be helpful. Do you feel that today's salespeople should also be marketing people? That the, the best salespeople out there understand the essentials of key marketing tools whether that's for email or social media whatever that might be they and they get the metrics and they get that bigger picture and how at least to a degree how that feeds back in all the way to the point where a conversation could be had in in view of a conversion yeah and i think understanding the the concepts of brand equity understanding the value of what a brand is and how these organizations uh, desire to represent that and strive to uh, increase the equity in it is is most certainly helpful. You can be empathetic to those situations. You can speak to the occasion. Uh, you can make the conversations relevant. So uh, I think that's a great observation. And yes, uh, salespeople in that capacity would need to represent that if you're selling to that audience. Universally speaking, though, I think that the best salespeople are also just simply caretakers. They're their only agenda should be to help someone, to help that that buyer navigate to whatever problem they're trying to solve. And sometimes that might be directing them to the competitive product when you know that your product can't serve that need or their their best fit is somewhere else. Uh, and although difficult to, to do, uh, if you're there to serve that particular buyer in the best way possible, then then perhaps that's the, the the best path. So I think that's that's the advisor structure that we've created here, which is it's got to fit because it 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 has a ripple effect downstream with who's going to be taking care of that customer. Well, we have our service teams, our support teams, and we have retention as a as a huge driver. It's a it's an awesome metric that we use internally. And if if customer retention demands are high and they are, then we can't allow someone into the organization that will eventually turn over and we know it on the front end so so getting our sales team dialed into that and making sure that they're advising people accordingly is is critically important so so i think the top salespeople, yes can be empathetic to the the marketers in this situation if because in our world that's who we're serving so they need to to understand that but also to understand their own marketing department and how their own marketing department is trying to to do good by building more brand equity uh and also um that genuinely they're they're genuine caretakers they're they're there to help they're there to to serve each other perfect thank you very much that just leaves me to say today matthew gonnering thank you for being our guest it's been a pleasure bill thank you for having me and until next time listeners happy selling Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. 